On this episode of The Popcorn Diet, we are taking a look at the building Oscar race, giving you the inside scoop of what we think will be nominated, how to win your Oscar pool, and where you can watch the front-running contenders. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other delicious movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how are you doing today? Doing great. Great. I'm uh... back at it. We're, we're back at it. You uh, went solo last time. Uh, we did. You got basketball. Basketball season has picked up again. Yep. So that's starting to uh, make me a little bit busier, but and, excited, and- excited to have a good slate of movies coming up to watch and uh, exactly. start making way too early predictions on Oscars. And you are. Well, I remember. And again, we've been doing this for a while back pre COVID. Our way too early predictions, I think we even started them in September, right? Uh, maybe, maybe October, but kind of further in the fall than, than the one that we're doing now. But frankly, I mean, with the way COVID changed everything and the way that movies in general are, are kind of changing the way they're being released, Oscar season has kind of changed as well. You know, we, we're, we're still coming out of a pandemic. So we, we didn't really get any like summer blockbuster Oscar front runners, you know, the way we do it, we did in a normal year. You got a, a hefty combination of movies that are available for streaming right now or are only exclusive to theaters like there's it's a weird combo. Whereas last year. We were kind of waiting for everything to get released because Oscar season had gotten pushed back. You know, the Oscars were, I think, in May last year or April or they, they were, they were way further ahead than what they normally were. So we were getting movies like sound and sound of metal in February. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as, as we, I, as I'll, I'll, I'll cheat a little bit and I'll say, as we heard, we're starting to compile our list. Even you right now are tweaking your list to see who can get the edge on the Oscar predictions this year. Um, and you thought up a good idea, although we didn't get we don't we don't have a public facing version of this. You thought up of a good idea of something that might help our listeners, maybe help some of the people in our lives of of coming up with. And this is not like I'm not going to say you, this is a revolutionary idea or that you're or, or I are the first people to have it. But you thought it would be good to talk about like the, the movies that are front running and, and where they can be seen right now. Talk about that. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we've evolved into this new world where movies are coming out in all different places. So many are just going straight on demand. Some are theaters only. Some are a mix of both. Uh, What platform is it on? Is it on Netflix? Is it on Apple TV? Is it just on, you know, video on demand rental? Like where where can I see this? Um, Because some of these, you know, in typical Oscars, fashion like some oscar movies are not you know mainstream you're going to see a bunch of previews for them on tv um and yet they will be a factor 
when it comes to, you know, February when the Oscars happen. And so, um, yeah, I thought it'd be nice to, you know, it's always a challenge for me, like as we get close to scramble and try to figure out where can I watch all of these. And some of them I come across like, you know, I've watched Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix and uh, Power of Dog on Netflix. But, um, you know, there's some coming out that that you can't see yet, but will be coming out soon. So people can mark the calendars and and other ones that have already been out for a while. Yeah, it's uh, we put a list together. We kind of I mean, we're, we're still at the point where the, the top movies are really starting to form together. And kind of the rest of the the chalk is gonna is gonna continue filling out, um, and so we put together. And I don't know if we want to do all twenty of them right away. Um, and I don't want to. And maybe I'll just maybe you'll box out for me, and I'll I'll run through. You know the list of twenty that we pulled from Variety. And again, you and I are movie nerds, mm-hmm. right? Not everybody who listened to this podcast even knows what Variety is. You know, Variety is entertainment publication, all the news, all the scoops, all the things like that going on in Hollywood Variety. That's where you go for it. And of course, they are one of the, I guess, leading prognosticators when it comes to award season. Um, And there's all different types of places that you can go to, to, to read up on, you know, you know, who's ahead, who's not gold derby is another one. That's really, really good. And so if you, if you want the edge in your Oscar pool, you got to do your research number one. And that's what we do. We do our research. We kind of follow the heat and then we make our adjustments. Um, But I made, I pulled from variety, their list of 20 top movies that are, are in contention right now that are being talked about, that have the buzz and things like that. So, David, how do you how do you think you want to do this? You want me to just run through the 20 real quick where everybody should. Uh, should you know what? I think what we should do is as as they come up in our uh, in our uh, nominations. OK, and we, uh, we can mention where you can find them. OK, uh, I like that, actually. Throughout that. That way, uh, as, as we bring them up, we can remind people where they can watch those. But uh, we can also uh, post this on social media, too. We can send a little put a little snapshot of of where you can find these but yeah suffice uh, it to say and you know one of the reasons i uh one of the i don't know how to say this so i'm just gonna say it good friend of the podcast our co-worker melanie figler she is always she's always said that she wants to you know watch the movies in her home she's got a nice big screen she can watch the movies at home and so I thought it was a good idea to say, like, there are plenty of movies out there right now that are going to be major Oscar contenders, as you just said, that are on Netflix. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of them that are available for premium VOD, uh, video on demand. And when I say premium video on demand, that means you're paying $20 to rent it or $30 to buy it. Um, and then there are others that are only in theaters and it's just an interesting landscape. So David, let's start, let's just, and, and these Oscar episodes are usually a little bit shorter because, you know, we're not doing our deep dive histories. We're not prognosticating on, you know, franchise films or whatever. 
And so let's go through the way that we like to do it. If you've never listened to our Oscar predictions podcast episodes before, we've done many in the past. We keep it to the top six categories. Now, obviously, there are way more than that. There's what I think 24 different Oscar categories, things like best editing, best sound design, best visual effects. We're not going to talk about those. We're talking about the top six categories, and we like to make our prediction as to who we think will get nominated and um, who we left out and adjust. You know, we'll do this in another few weeks after we've seen some movies and adjust. And sometimes it's not that interesting. Sometimes the races can be really fun and it could be up, up in the air. And sometimes somebody's got it pretty locked in like early, like ahead of time. So we'll see. I don't know that anybody really has a 100% lock on anything right now, which is kind of nice in December. But we I think are just, a, I think, I think there's ahead. a couple trending towards a lock, um, potentially in the, the lead acting categories. But I think there's still there's still some people that will will be in that conver- conversation. Uh, it, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it more when we get to the categories. But I think there's some that could trend towards that. But even then, it's more of like it's down to two people. Um maybe but or 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 maybe it's down to three um like there's some people separating themselves from the pack but um again some of that can shift because again some of the heavy heavy hitting you know movies that are going to be nominated for a lot of awards or at least are projected to have not come out yet so right and that's what's so exciting is that the ones that are projected you know we got the tragedy of macbeth with the, which doesn't come out till christmas day we're talking Cohen's, Francis McDormand, Denzel Washington. We're talking prestige stuff. We're also looking at movies like Power of the Dog, which has been out on Netflix for a couple of weeks. You know, so it is. It is really interesting to see. We're talking Dune, for example, movie that came out a couple months ago. So, yeah, I think that's what makes it so fun, though, right? Like, for, there's an anticipated movie. And it comes out and it's good, but not great. It's 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 great, but not amazing. It's a total failure. There's a whole other podcast out there called like this got awards buzz, which you should check out if you've never listened to it. That like goes through some of the movies that originally were like, oh, this could be a big contender and then just took an absolute crap. So it is just such an interesting season. Mm-hmm. And we're right in the thick of it. We're right in December. We have dozens, like quite literally a dozen movies coming out within the next three weeks in some way, shape or form that are going to be released. So let's start with our first category. We're going to start with best supporting actress. And David, I'll have you go first and we'll Robin it. You go first for this one. I'll go first for the next one. But who do you have? Is your five predictions for best supporting actress right now? All right. For best supporting. Yep. Best supporting. I actress. have I have Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. I have. I'm gonna mess up this one all Oscar seasons, but Anjanou. Uh, Ingenue. Ingenue Ellis for King Richard. 
I've got Ann Dowd for mass. I've got Ruth Nega for passing. Okay. And I got another one that I'll mess up all awards season, but Catriona Balf from Belfast. Yeah, I think it's K- it's Catriona Balf. Catriona Balf. There you go. Um, okay, I will, so uh, pride myself in mispronouncing many names throughout this process. That's okay. It's a learning experience, right? So obviously, Kirsten Dunst, everybody knows who Kirsten Dunst is. The Power of the Dog, as we said, is available for you to watch on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. King Richard. King Richard, uh, I think it just no, we got time. It's you got 11 days to watch King Richard on HBO Max and then they remove it and likely it will go to some type of premium video on demand format. But but HBO Max has a very specific um, window in which their movies are available right now. In addition uh, to theaters. Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you. And and yes, like King Richard, the, the hard part about the streaming things is that they are available in theaters. They're not wide as fully wide, but they're also not limited as like New York and L.A. Right. Yeah. Um, we got uh, mass, which I honestly don't know where you can see right now. Maybe you can tell me um, same thing with passing. Uh, both of those aren't really on like the big front running contenders, but they both have come out. I feel like both of them are streaming right now. I believe. Uh, let me see. I'm, I'll, I'll tell you uh, where you can watch mass. Cause I did look that up earlier and now I'm blanking. I think it's, yeah, it's, I, uh, I literally, I'm almost certain it's on prime. Yeah, it is. It's uh, I believe it's on uh and passing is on Netflix. So there you go. Prime and Netflix. Like both of those are, are right there. All, all of them are able to be watched right now with the exception of Belfast, which is in theaters or premium VOD. So go over yours one more time just to recap. I have Kirsten Dunst. I have, say it again. Anjanu. Anjanu, Ellis, King Richard, and Dowd, Mass. Ruth Nega passing and Catriona Balf for Belfast. Okay, that's a good list. I also have Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. She seems like the front runner right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Anjanu Ellis for King Richard, who's, who's real, is phenomenal in that movie. And then I broke it up a little. I Instead of Catriona Balf for Belfast, I went with classic Judy Dench. Wanted to mix it up a little. I feel like Judy Dench is gonna was gonna pick it up here. And then I went and maybe, maybe there's a little Spielberg bias coming in here. But I went for not one, but two nominees for West Side Story. Shocker. Rita Moreno. I know, right? Rita Moreno, who won the Oscar for the original in 1961. Uh, and Ariana DeBose, who, for all intents and purposes, literally every reaction that I've seen for West Side Story says that Ariana DeBose, like, runs away with the film in, like, super-duper star manner. Mm. And that's my five. Now, West Side Story, coming out this Friday, only in theaters. So you got to go see it in theaters if you want to see it. I'm going to be seeing it. I'm really excited. Um, and then I left off. I left off Kate Blanchett for Nightmare Alley. I left off Katriana Balfe and Marley Maitland, Matlin, 
who is in Coda, which will come up a couple of other times. Coda, you can watch on Apple TV Plus right now. Uh, I believe it won the Audience Award in Sundance. And I'll be I'll be surprised if Coda can carry momentum all the way from Sundance to here. But that is our best supporting actress. And I and I did confirm Mass is actually not out yet. It's going to be on demand starting December 28th. So it's a bleaker is uh, is the studio that did it. But gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. cool. All right. So best supporting actress. Let's go down to best supporting actor. A lot of similar films right now. We got Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Syrian Hines for Belfast. Jamie Doran for Belfast. Double dip there as well. Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza. And Mike Faced for West Side Story. Mike Faced getting very similar praise to Ariana DuBose. And Bradley Cooper just looks absolutely insane in Licorice Pizza. So, like, I 1,000% want to see it. Uh, we've already mentioned where you can see The Power of the Dog on Netflix. We've already said Belfast is in theaters or VOD. Both Licorice Pizza, excuse me, both Licorice Pizza and West Side Story are only available to see in theaters right now. Well, not yet. Who do you got? Coming up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, West Side Story, Licorice Pizza is in, like, four theaters in the entire country right now. <laughs> um, it's going to go wide, I think, Christmas. Uh, and then is it Christmas? Yeah, Christmas. And then West Side Story's out on Friday. Um, yep. So yeah, Cody Smith McPhee, Power of the Dog, Syrian Hines, Belfast, Jamie Doran, Belfast, Bradley Cooper, Licorice Pizza, Mike Faced, West Side Story. Supporting actor, David, who you got? You didn't go with Leto. For uh, I Gucci. left Leto out. Mm. Uh, I did just see a clip of him from House of Gucci. I really need I really should see that movie. <laughs> I don't know why I've waited for so long. I went with Cody Smith McPhee for how uh Power of the Dog, like you. Okay. Uh, also Syrian Hines for Belfast, like you. Uh from there we differ though. I've got JK Simmons for being the Ricardos. Okay. I've got Richard Jenkins for the humans. Okay. And I'm going with my guy, Corey Hawkins, for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, man. Corey Hawkins is a good pick. Uh, I like that one. I thought about adding that one. Um, I think you can watch The Humans on Showtime right now. Mm -hmm. And we already mentioned Tragedy of Macbeth is going to be on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, Being the Ricardo is going to be on Amazon. Amazon Prime. Um, it's going to be in theaters, select theaters this weekend, but mm -hmm. Amazon prime on the 21st. I yep. like that Corey Hawkins pick. Uh, I, I considered it. I consider I'm, it. uh, as you'll see, I I'm given good love to a couple of movies and, uh, the tragedy of Macbeth is one of them. This feels about, this feels, I, well, <laughs> was that? No, that was a different, that was nightmare alley where we showed you two different trailers and the one completely sold you <laughs> after the first one undersold you. Right. Yep. yep that um, was it. But then we watched the Macbeth trailers and it's just black and white moody, <laughs> like 45 second teasers. There's no like long trailer. The Academy is going like, to eat it up, Rick. I'm just like, going to eat it up. Yes. <laughs> 
All right. Roll so those are, Come on. I mean, wh- like we got we got Shakespeare. We got Cohen's. We got McDormand, Denzel. I know I said it before already, but like, how can that not get some attention? Checks, checks a lot of boxes. A lot of boxes. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet delivered to you just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with the other good movie buddies out there. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider Becoming a patron of this little independent movie podcast filled with love. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, keep the podcast going, but it's also going to give you exclusive patron-only access to things like early episodes, franchise refills episodes, and more. So check that out by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at thepopcorndiet. And last but certainly not least... You can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. Um, all right, David, since you ended with Best Supporting Actor, I will have you start with Best Actress. All right. So Best Actress, one of the ones that I think is pretty much a lock, at least, to be nominated and is probably up there for favorites to win. This would be, of, of these primary categories, I think this one might be the one trending closer to uh, a lock, but a lot can change. And I, and I know this movie potentially is, is, uh, is kind of getting mixed reviews as far sure. as, uh, as far as the subject matter, but uh, it's Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Um, for, for and, and the, and the challenge there, Princess Diana. Well, and the challenge there is like, you know, part of the allure of her, her her role or or the job that she did is like how much she looks like her and like right nails the mannerisms and those types of things and so it'll be interesting to see because like I said it's it doesn't have tons of reviews out but you know there's been some rumors that you know maybe there's mixed reception to like the actual concept of the the film itself um, yeah. not so much her performance. And so it'll be interesting if it's one of those classic, like she gets unbelievable praise for her performance, but the movie kind of, you it know, happens. it happens all the time. It doesn't usually happen with a younger actress, but like you're look at Julianne Moore one for just, I think it was just Alice, which mm-hmm. everybody said was a perfectly fine film, but that was the only nomination. Glenn Close for The Wife. Yep. It happens all the time for Best Actress conversations. I think the interesting thing about Spencer is that it's not a biopic that a lot of people thought it would. It actually plays more of like a psychological like thriller mm-hmm. in that she's trapped in this house with these people who she doesn't like or look down on her and all that kind of stuff. So and that threw a lot of people off because a lot of people were expecting a Princess Diana biopic. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it doesn't do well in the UK. <laughs> feel like <laughs> feel like we might get some uh, <laughs> interfering from the uh, the royal family. I love UK. how I love how the what UK is the has like is it the Baftas? Huh? When's the British one? What British one? Awards. 
Uh, the, that usually um, is a decent indicator. Yeah, the BAFTAs. BAFTAs. Yeah, the BAFTAs. Yeah. Um, I like that for the fact that Christian Bale was our Batman. Even Pattinson. Because Pattinson, is Pattinson American? Pattinson's British, isn't he? Uh, I don't know about that. Pattinson nationality. <laughs> I don't know that he is. Yeah, he is British. I knew he was British. You got Superman being played by a British guy. You got all these Batmans being played by British guys. And we're just like Princess Diana. Put an American in the role. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It feels like we're playing back and forth with them when it comes to these things. There you um, go. But yeah, all right. So I got Kristen I got Chris, Kristen Stewart. I got Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Uh, I've got uh, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Mm-hmm. Um which got a lot of love, especially her performance in in some of the uh, the film uh, circuits. And then uh, Olivia Coleman, she's she's on on top of the the mountain right now. I feel like I feel like every year it's like just slotted Olivia Coleman. It's just like put her, her in and, there. Uh, her and uh, what's her name? Um, who isn't in any of our uh, categories? McDormand. Right yeah, <laughs> she just missed out on mine. Yep. Uh, and then Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye. So for Spencer, that is something that if you want the coin, if you if you want to watch it right now, it is premium VOD rental and purchase. So you got to pay to watch it. But again, I've heard it's super interesting. Parallel Mothers was the one that was the hardest to find any information on in terms of like theatrical distribution. Apparently, it's going to be limited on Christmas Eve. Um, and then the lost daughter is going to be limited in theaters on December 17th and on Netflix uh, on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. So again, like it's crazy to me that you can, and the eyes of Tammy Faye came out in September. So I think yep. you can just rent that for like five bucks right now, but it's crazy to me that you can see all these movies right now. Like yep. for the love of God, see movies, you know, yeah. they're out there. They're, they're available for you to see. Um, I like blew up this category pretty much. <laughs> this I think is the one where we separate the most. Although I did have Kristen Stewart for Spencer and I did have Olivia Coleman for the lost daughter. I also went Lady Gaga for House of Gucci. Nice. For doing the, the father son and House of Gucci for doing the Mario accent every time. <laughs> Do you think she studied Super Mario for? Uh... <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, that would be. What did she do to research this role? I played Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> played a lot of Mario Kart. <laughs> but so and again, House of Gucci has been very divisive because it's campy. It's trashy. But for the people who love it, they are, love that. They love that. It's it's supposed to be campy. It's supposed to be outlandish. And it seems that Lady Gaga understood the assignment. Um, so I put her on there. And then I put a couple of, of kind of young, up-and-coming ingenue stars. Instead of the classics like Nicole Kidman, Penelope Cruz, Frances McDormand, I went with uh, Alania Haim, who is in Licorice Pizza, who is, for all intents and purposes, from what I hear, is just like a revelation. Got to get a coming of age person in there. Got to get a coming of age person in there. And then Rachel Ziegler for got to get a Spielberg. Got to get a Spielberg in there. Got to get my guy Spielberg in there. But literally everyone is saying like, and again, 
Natalie Wood played Maria and is incredible. But from everything that I've heard, what Rachel Ziegler is doing in West Side Story is just bringing so much more depth, so much more emotion to the role. Doesn't hurt the fact that she's actually, you know, Latin, Latin American. That that kind of helps a little bit. So I threw her in there as well. I feel like every acting person from West Side Story, you said, I'm hearing that she likes she or he steals the show, just like lights it up. How many people can steal the show in West Side Story here? Well, apparently a couple because I have a couple. I think Um, we're up to five from you. (laughs) Number one, it's four. (laughs) We haven't gotten the director in picture yet. Number two. This is an independent podcast. We're not getting screeners. <laughs> We're in Arizona, is, man. Is, We're not having. Is Spielberg paying you? No one. No one. I got to go. This is the first. This is the. This is this. And see, David, this is where we bring the value because we have our ear to the grindstone, so to speak. I don't even know if that's the right euphemism. <laughs> I think you're missing two, but go for it. I think it's I'm nose to the grindstone. Together, you know. <laughs> two birds with one bush or what have you. Um, I would argue that many of our casual listeners aren't paying attention to the screening results of the movie in Los Angeles, but Mm -hmm. we are because we're crazy and we like this stuff. So that is the value that we bring as somebody who has not yet seen West Side Story. I've heard good things. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll go out of your way to praise him. And I'll go out of my way to praise Steven Spielberg, mostly because I feel bad for not seeing Bridge of Spies in theaters like say, five years ago. You're, still, you're you're still trying to get back on his good I'm side. I'm still trying to pay him back for the disrespect that I showed him. Uh, let's go to best actor, shall we? And this is one that I can say I have seen. And I feel like if Will Smith doesn't win the Oscar for King Richard, I don't know what we're doing. Um. He is the closest thing to a lock and in terms of a nomination that we have right now. I mean, he's a lock. Lock he it in. Lock. lock it in. The problem is I can't call him a lock for the win yet because of another guy called Benedict Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog, who on any other given year would probably also be a lock. So we got two powerhouse performances leading the the best actor category. I went with also Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. I went with Peter Dinklage for for Cyrano. Yep. And then, and this is probably the longest shot, honestly, because I don't feel anybody respects Leonardo DiCaprio as much as they should. I'm putting Leo DiCaprio down for Don't Look Up because it looks like uh, I don't know how to describe it. It looks like nothing like he's ever done before. Like he's playing a neurotic, crazy looking scientist guy. And I'm here for it. Sign me up. That's going to be on Netflix in a week or so as well. And I can't wait for it. But I didn't nominate Denzel. I didn't nominate Bradley Cooper. I didn't nominate Joaquin Phoenix. We got a murderer's row of potential best actors this year. Who do you got? You threw in some interesting ones. You, well, you threw in. Ooh, so I've got, you did some research. I did. Wow. I got I got Will Smith like you. I've got Benedict like you. Then I went with Denzel. 
again, giving more love to the tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I have seen Tick, Tick, Boom, and I think actually Andrew Garfield's excellent in it, but I didn't have him on my list. I've got Dinklage like you for, uh, what is it, Cyrano? Cyrano. Cyrano. There you go. Classic retelling of the story of Cyrano de Bergerac. And then my last one is my dark horse one. Getting a little bit more diversity in this category. I have no, you're on your own for this name, by the way. Hidetoshi Nishijima. That's what I'm going with. All right. Um, And it's for Drive My Car, which Drive My Car has gotten some love, a little bit of love. It's not New York Film Critics Association just gave it best film. Yeah. So it's getting a little bit of love and uh, he's gotten some love for his performance in it. So again, I think it's one of those that, you know, we, we seem to get a, be getting, you know, more and more diverse, slightly mm-hmm. baby steps for, for the Academy. And I think this is he, his, because the movie's starting to get more and more buzz. And if it does, you know, pick up some momentum, then, you know, sometimes you get those sort of, uh, supporting categories even though this is a lead role um but when the movie itself picks up a little bit of steam sometimes uh some of the other categories get carried along with it so that one's kind of my uh my dart throw not unlike your uh dicaprio although i think it's not quite a dart throw when you're saying a name like leonardo dicaprio DiCaprio. and saying he and saying he doesn't get his respect. I think uh, Leo's a pretty, pretty well-respected actor. Yeah. It just pisses me off that like he, he has given such incredible performances and yet it took him like pretending to be a mountain man and eating a real liver and like getting the shit kicked out of him by a bear for us to be like, okay, Leo, you can have an Oscar now when he should have had like two or three. And whatever, you know, that's all I'm going to say is whatever. Uh, Drive My Car, I think, is only in limited release in theaters right now. But I think you're right, man. I think and I was looking for other places where, I mean, you can look at Parasite and you can look at um, just the nature of film in general. It's just so much easier to see movies and, and it's so much easier to see international movies. You know, for for all of the crap that I give Netflix and and for all of the existential dread that I have about what the movie theater experience is going to be, the fact that you can go on Netflix right now and you can watch freaking Red Notice Mm -hmm. or uh, Parallel Mothers or whatever, or any other films, Power of the Dog, Uh, Netflix also like has been huge in, in introducing people to international stuff. I mean, look at squid game, look at money. Heist. Money heist. Those are, those are international things. So like, how can you be mad about that? You know? It's, well, it's- I think also, you know, one of yours and my complaints at times when it comes to Oscars is how difficult it is to see a lot of the like movies that are getting that buzz because they're only in LA or they're only in New York. And it's like, this was released in 19 theaters. And it's like, well, (laughs) I live in Arizona. We're probably not getting it here. So um, I think the fact that they're doing a mix with some of these, you know, smaller kind of Oscar-y movies 
and getting them on streaming sites is is appreciated. And I also think it's hilarious that they talk about that because again, you talk about wanting people to watch it on the big screen, but then you put it in, you distribute it in 15 theaters, but then you send out like 5,000 screeners to people and where do they watch their screeners? They don't watch it on no. some giant screen. No, they watch it while they're taking notes. And I mean, don't get me started on the like <laughs> the the nature of academy politicking, you know, um, it's a whole it's it's just a whole thing. And it's like there is a beauty. Um, there it. it, it there is a beauty in going to a gigantic movie theater and being stuck in front of a screen 50 feet tall telling you that story. And yet, I, like I said, the fact that people can go on Netflix and watch really amazing work from all corners of the globe, like you can't deny that that's great, you know? So Well, and, and yours and my preference is to go see it in the theaters, but there's Absolutely. times where we don't even get that chance until like, two weeks before the Oscars because they haven't distributed it widely. And so, Oh, they released it in New York and LA on five screens. So it counts. Yeah, exactly. So, and they wonder why nobody watches the Oscars. Right. All right. So you just wrapped up your best actor. So best director, who do you got for best director? I've got Spielberg, your boy, West side story. Hell yeah. Flex on him, Steven. Flex on him. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Yep. I've got Jane Campion. Campion. Yep. Campion. For The Power of the Dog. And I've got Joel Cohen for The Tragedy of Macbeth, continuing to give it some love. And then Pedro, Pedro Almodovar. Almodovar for Parallel Mothers. Again, seeing if uh, seeing if we maybe get a f- another foreign film getting some love in the in the director category. It's not quite it's not quite like. Uh, oh, why am I blanking on last year's uh, best picture? Winner? Uh, uh, Nomadland. Yeah, uh, it, or not Nomadland. Parasite. Parasite. It's not Parasite. It's not Roma quite to that degree as far as foreign film, but it is. You know, it is a lot of uh, it is technically, I think, a Spanish film from that standpoint. And so seeing if maybe they're uh, going to continue kind of that trend that we've had of, of getting a little bit of uh, diversity in there. So sure. Absolutely. And Pedro Almodovar is a celebrated filmmaker. He's spent, he's award winning like. And sorry, I don't count Belfast as a as a foreign film. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. We got a longer conversation to be had about. Belfast being white Roma. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm wrong. Also, I I, I, I do feel I, I, this always happens. I always pick one movie that I haven't seen that I just shit on for no reason other than some superfluous nonsense. So I guess that's you, Belfast, even though from, like from again, from everything that I've heard, it's a lovely film. Like. I don't know why I like Kenneth Branagh. I like those people involved, but I'm just like, Oh, Belfast. Uh, Oh, black and white movie about what it's like to live in a, in a, in a past time in a, in a, and it's like, it's Roma. You're describing Roma. It's just got Irish people in it now. So I don't know. Anyway, best director for me, very similar. I had Spielberg as well. And again, 
I just I have to point out the absolute flex it is by the greatest filmmaker that we have to say I'm 70 something years old. I've made dozens of films. I've won Oscars. I've made the most popular, some of the most popular movies of all time. What do I want to do? I want to finally make my musical. The thing that I have been teasing since Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom's opening musical number. He's always wanted to make a musical. And not only does he make a musical, he's like, I'm going to pick 1961's West Side Story, a movie that won 10 Oscars, a movie that's considered one of the best movie musicals of all time, and I'm going to remake it. And everyone is like, this seems crazy. And he comes out and he makes it, and everyone is like, this is genius. Spielberg has done it again. Put him at the top of the list for West Side Story. I'm glad he could find some original content. I'm not even going to acknowledge your disrespect. Suffice it. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, you could have said that about Ready Player One. <laughs> BFG. BFG, any of those. Um, I also have Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Um, I have Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. I have Denny Villeneuve for Dune because Dune is one of those spectacle achievements that manages to be the kind of spectacle that we love, but also of like a singular vision that doesn't feel like it was churned out by a studio. Um, and I think Dune has gone, I think we've gone back to Dune being underrated. Like Dune is dope. And I think Denny Veneuve is going to get a, nom- a nomination. And then the last one is I have the director of CODA who I believe's name is pronounced Sean. Uh, heater uh and again coda is a story about a deaf family whose daughter has the ability to hear and who is going through the guilt of like of having that ability over her family and wanting to 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 grow up and grow out and and the complexities of that and so it was a huge sundance hit and so i think it could possibly be a hit there but remember best director and you hit the nail on the head with your pick of pedro they like to get goofy with best director. They like to throw out some some international nominations here. So it's very possible. You didn't get your boy uh, PTA in there. I didn't get PTA in there, although I think it's my aversion to coming of age films. Like and I literally just talked to my therapist about this literally <laughs> and why I have an aversion to coming of age films. I fully admit. I don't put PTA on there because of, of my own personal bias. It is very likely that he will get nominated. We'll see. We'll see. You know? Main event. You ready? Main event. Best. Can we remind sure. people? Can we remind people that we are locked into 10 movies? Oh, thank you, God, for literally for. <laughs> Every year that we have been doing this podcast, David, every single freaking year we have been doing this podcast, I have bitched about how the voting for best picture is is uh, offensive about how a movie needed to get so many first place votes in order to even be included. And it could be anywhere between five and ten. The OCD in me was absolutely triggered. And the fact that we are going back to a full 10 nominees has me so very excited. 
especially when you look at something like the National Board of Review. Now, the National Board of Review is not a barometer by any means exactly how the Oscars are going to go. But what I love that they do is they pick a best film and then they pick nine other, you know, top films of the year. I love that they do that. And this year they did all kinds of movies. They did musicals. They did sci-fis. They did biopics. They did weird gothic horror movies. They did all kinds of stuff. And I love that. You know, one of the things that I complain about when it comes to award season is the the variety of genres that are represented. And I, I think we're going to get a good variety this year. My 10 right now are in no particular order. Eh, actually, that's not true. Actually, I don't know. Even looking at the list right now, I don't know what to say is a lock or not. I think the power you're you're worried about disrespecting Spielberg and not saying West Side Story first. I do. I have West Side Story third right now. Um, (laughs) The power of the dog, I think, is a lock for a nomination. Just put it in right now. Belfast, I think, is a lock for a nomination. Put it in right now. West Side Story, I think, is a lock for a nomination. Put it in right now. And I think Dune is a lock for a nomination. Put it in right now. Everything else I don't think is a lock. But movies like Licorice Pizza and King Richard are very likely to get nominated. Then we have the other ones that I'm not so sure about. The Tragedy of Macbeth, Coda, Don't Look Up, and Nightmare Alley. Those last two are the real question marks right now. Coda is a maybe, depending on what kind of, again, what kind of politicking Apple wants to put behind that movie. We'll see. But The Power of the Dog, Belfast, West Side Story, Dune, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, the Tragedy of Macbeth, Coda, Don't Look Up, and Nightmare Alley. That is my 10. I have pretty close to the same. I think we only have two different. So I've got Power of the Dog, Belfast, West Side Story, Dune, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Tragedy of Macbeth. I've got, man, I, I'm, is it Cyrano? I know it's not Cyrano. It's uh, Cyrano. Serrano. Yeah. Cyrano? Cyrano. 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 Cyrano with our boy Peter Dinklage. Little, uh, and then I've got uh, Parallel Mothers, again, giving it, continuing to give it some love uh, as kind of that foreign uh, dark horse for me. And then I've got Nightmare Alley as well. So uh, I think we only differ on You Have Coda and Don't Look Up. I've got Cyrano and Parallel Mothers. Uh, I think for me, the ones, the one that I was close to putting on there, I did have Tick, Tick, Boom as, as a close one. And then I also had uh, um, Drive My Car as one I considered putting in there, um, if not Parallel Mothers, as kind of that foreign, uh, foreign-made film. So there, and and I left out. I left off Spencer. I left off Tick Tick Boom. I left off Being the Ricardos. The, honestly. I, I think the top five or six, I, I would argue, and you would probably agree with me, that the six that we have, The Power of the Dog, Belfast, West Side Story, Dune, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, those feel f- pretty safe to me. I think, I think I'm think i even going to go seven. And I think, I mean, I just find it really hard to believe Tragedy of Macbeth isn't going to be phenomenal. Like, the people that you have in it, there's not a lot of noise on it yet. Yeah. Either way. But like, I just don't see how it's a, how it's a miss. And because 
we are locked into getting 10 films. That's why I feel better about it getting in. Like if it was the stupid voting system that we've had in the past that you already vented on, then I would feel less confident in probably anything but the first five. Like even King Richard, I would feel less confident in if it was uh, like the previous system. But because I know we have to get to 10, I feel pretty darn good about the tragedy of Macbeth. That being said, have heard nothing about it. I am judging this off of who's involved in it. Like literally who's involved and three 45 second trailers. I want to do a double feature Green Knight tragedy Macbeth. I like it. Like it looks wild. And there's been other talk too. There's been other talk of supporting actresses in there. Like you said, you do Corey Hawkins in there. Um, But again, most of these movies you are going to be able to stream by the new year. Tragedy to Macbeth, which we just got done talking about, is going to be on Apple TV Plus by the new year. Um, Don't Look Up is going to be on Netflix and Christmas. Um, I'm trying to think of any of the other ones. Nightmare Alley is going to be in theaters. Liquor's Pizza is going to be in theaters. West Side Story is going to be in theaters. But it's crazy the amount of movies that you can see right now. How confident... How confident do you feel about your predictions right now? Not very confident in anything, but (laughs) (laughs) I probably feel about like in most categories, I feel good about probably two of the five in, in best picture though. I feel, I feel really good about six and and pretty darn good about seven. I think it's the last three or four that are kind of up for debate. Um, But in the rest of the categories, I feel like, two to three in pretty much the rest of the categories is what I feel good about. I, uh, I do as well. I'm here's, here's a question for you. Does, uh, does Pixar win uh, best animated this year? I, I mean, I straight up forgot what Pixar movies came out this year. Well, you had the one that just came out uh, Thanksgiving week in Canto. And Canto was, was that wasn't Pixar, I don't believe. Was it? I think Encanto was Walt Disney. Disney. I think it's just Disney. Okay. Um, which is it's that's right, yeah, it was like, Disney. It's 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 a po- it's a possibility, you know, like it's a, a really interesting conversation. Luca was Luca was earlier this year. Well, Luca's not winning not winning anything <laughs> uh which i think sounds really harsh but like it's not like it's it's luca's not winning anything um i enjoyed luca i liked luca i loved luca i enjoyed it very much it's not winning anything um I want so to are we gonna have another i'm gonna give you a little bit of a, i'm gonna give you a little bit of a spoiler alert the mitchells versus machines is going to be very high on my best movies of the year list. It's fantastic. It's incredible. I've watched it, I think, five times. I think every single time I watch it, I cry. I laugh. It's incredible. It's our, so our, good. Are Lord and Miller going to win their second uh, <laughs> second animated Oscar? That would be amazing. 
that would be incredible if that was the case. I have no idea. Animation's wide open. Um, all of the other categories, like lock Dune in for visual effects, lock it in. It's and- kind of, you know what Dune reminds me of this year? It kind of reminds me of, uh, oh, what was the uh, Gosling Blade Runner? Blade Runner? From a few years back. It kind of reminds me of like what that movie was in those Oscars where it's like it has to get because it got nominated for Best Picture, right? No. I thought it did for whatever it didn't. reason. But it didn't. Did it, it get got, a like, director? sound and visual effects and cinematography? It got a ton of under the line categories. But like that's what it kind of reminds me of. I think Dune's going to get a lot of that love because what other like big technical movies came out this year? I mean, we're so, going to get a Matrix movie, but I don't know that I'm hearing any buzz around that. But that's the thing is we really only have a few big spectacle movies left. Now, here's the thing. Like, we've, like had, we've, we've had big spectacle movies like but Shang-Chi isn't getting nominated for anything other than visual effects. Maybe maybe some sound Venom. Best Picture nominee, maybe? I'm not sure. For <laughs> Venom, let there be carnage. Go back and revisit our uh, Venom podcast if you want to remember Rick's feelings on Venom. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys go back on that. Eternals didn't work out the way that people had suspected it might. No Time to Die, maybe? It's true. I forgot we had, uh, I forgot about No Time to Die. But here's what I'm going to compare Dune to. Because I'm trying to see what else we have in terms of spectacle. We have Spider-Man No Way Home. We have The Matrix Resurrections. And that's really it. I think Dune is actually somewhere in between Blade Runner and Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Where Fury Road wound up winning like seven awards. But they were all below the line stuff. And and it ended up getting the respect enough to be nominated for picture and director, but it won for everything else. It won for sound, it won for visual effects, it won for you know production design, it won for all of those things. It won a boatload of awards, um, which I actually really want to look up all the awards that it won. Now it felt like it won a boatload. I'm already uh, I'm already there. I think it, it won, won seven, right? Let's see. It is received 10 nominations, one six. Film one editing, six. production design, costume design, makeup and hairstyling, sound mixing and sound editing. Yeah. And I don't and Dune, like, just look at those right now. Is it going to get picture and director? It's very possible. Will it get a cinematography nomination? Yes. Costume design? Yes. Editing? Yes. Makeup and hairstyling? Yes. Yeah. Like, likely, you know, not unlikely. Production design, yes. Sound, yes. Visual effects, yes. Like it's it's it could be a big award winner. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna line it up with Fury Road. I don't think it'll win anything big and and like above the line that we talked about, but I think it's incredibly likely to to gather not eight, nine, ten nominations. Did uh, because uh, Blade Runner. 2049 was another Dennis villain. Yep. Yep. And that one got five nominations. It won cinematography for yep. Deacons and visual effects. Um, 
but it didn't. Well, it, I don't think it got an above the line nomination. Uh, I don't think so. They completely screwed up the way that it's listed on the uh, on the website. Yeah, it got cinematography, production design, sound and sound mix, sound editing and mixing, which remember are blended into one category now. It's just best sound um, mm-hmm. and visual effects. So it got all of the shiny ones, but it didn't get editing. It didn't get production or it didn't get uh, makeup and hairstyling, costuming, things like that. That's something like Dune that literally creates its own fantasy world and had those amazing military costumes and armor and the makeup and hairstyling that made freaking Stellan Skarsgård into Jabba the Hutt, you know, uh, like that kind of stuff. Production design, you know, building those those uh, those bug like, you know, helicopters and, and the, the suits that they're wearing, like. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to watch Dune again. I feel like I might secretly like Dune a lot. So we'll see. But we will be back now. We're going to be seeing West Side Story this weekend, Spider-Man next weekend. Unlike any of the other places out there, we save our end of the year awards for January. So if you're looking for those, keep an eye out in January. We'll do our annual United States of film. But before we go. I want to remind you all that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet sent to you just by hitting subscribe or hitting that follow button wherever you listen. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with your other good movie buddies. We also don't want you to forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the Popcorn Diet and consider supporting an independent film podcast at a time when film desperately needs our support as patreon.com slash the Popcorn Diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on The Popcorn Diet. Adios.